You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcast. You watch it on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, you know the drill. You can find us there as part of Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. I suggest, well, today's not going to be a football podcast. So if you want football, go back and listen to the live, um, live stream uh, show with Bram Weinstein and I, Voice of the Commanders, as we talk about the playoff push, all sorts of questions that were answered. You know, we we'll talk about the quarterback, but many, many other positions as well, many other topics as well. So there you're going to get your football fix. Today, it's about the release of the report from Congress. And I know people want to stick with football. This is a big deal. This is news. So we're going to discuss it today and we're going to get back to football for the next podcast. Again, I do have, I'm going to have a roundtable with some reporters for next week. I do have interviews with Derek Forrest, Sam Howell, just to get an update on him. I know people are interested in him. Maybe not so for more, maybe not for right now, but for the future. Where's he at? I talked to him about it. So there's plenty of football stuff to come. So give me about 15 minutes today to talk about the release of this report again, because it does impact this franchise. It does impact a lot of things. So I'm going to have Tisha Thompson on from ESPN. She's going to join me in about a couple minutes to talk about the report. She authored the report that came out today. She and I have been working on this story for more than a year. So, you know, we both have in-depth knowledge of all that's going on. We've seen we've seen the reports. We've seen the depositions. There were hundreds and hundreds of pages. So stay tuned for that. I did want a couple of things along with these reports that I did that we really didn't get into and a couple of highlights that I wanted to go into. One former team president, Bruce Allen, said that the NFL counsel told him that it was the the team was responsible for those John Gruden leaks. I know a lot of people have wondered. That's what Allen said in his deposition. Um, Dan Snyder said that he should have fired Bruce Allen instead of um, Brian Lafaminas back in 2018. At the end of that year, Lafamina, of course, was coming came in to fix up the business side. There are a lot of things that Lafamina told said in his deposition that he told Snyder that had to change, and he said that Snyder seemed amenable to those changes. Anyway, but Snyder said he should have done that. Somebody, Andy Poland, longtime broadcast in the area, said when I tweeted that out, said that, hey, it reminded him of when Snyder said he should have fired North Turner instead of Charlie Cashley. That's something that I had way back in the day. Remember being told that 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 Snyder actually admitted to Charlie Cashley. Anyway, it's just another one. So there you go. And then. Snyder also said that when Bruce Allen had the infamous press conference where he said there's it's a damn good culture, and Allen said in his deposition that he was referring to the football side of things and that he didn't want to make it seem to the players and coaches that things were horrible for them. Anyways, Snyder said when he watched that, and later he told his wife that things needed to change. Whatever, that's what he said, so there you go. Um, he also said that in his deposition that Ron Rivera was doing, quote, a marvelous job, and... 
He said he did not testify in June 22nd when Roger Goodell did because there was a festival, as we know, he was over in Cannes, 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 over in France for, and I believe it was some sort of marketing festival. There were awards that night, but he said that the team had entered, they had entered um, into a category um, based on their rebrand and how that was handled, how that went. So that's what they were there for. Anyways, those are some of the highlights that we didn't get to. But we, but with Tisha, I talk about the big picture items, the impact of this. Is this the end? What What's more? What more is going on? And we'll get into all that. So here's my conversation with ESPN reporter Tisha Thompson. Well, Tisha, the report comes out. Thursday, more comes out, and I'm just curious. You're you've been working on this story. You and I have been working on the story for a year. What was your big takeaway from from how the report was classified? I think there were two things. I think that the committee report firmly and very pointedly uh, puts blame on Dan Snyder. It references Snyder specifically, doesn't always deflect to his attorneys, says this was Snyder. Snyder was in charge of this and was uh, working to interfere in the investigation, obstruct the investigation, um, and and really points the finger at him. I think the other thing that is uh, different from what we've heard from the committee in the past is the amount of responsibility that's been placed on the NFL as well, that this is not just limited to Dan Snyder and his team, that this was actually also the responsibility of the NFL. And the report flat out says the NFL failed its employees by not protecting them from intimidation and not uh, letting them feel like they could speak up about things like sexual harassment without fear of retaliation. And you had talked to Representative Carolyn Maloney, who was the chairwoman for this, and that was her take too. But what else? What did she tell you about that? Why did they? What more could, did they feel like the NFL could have done in this? Well, I think for Maloney, it really comes down to this document that you and I reported on in February. It's called a common interest agreement. And at the time, we weren't sure if this was a normal course of business or if this was unusual. I have since had a very highly placed source who really understands this stuff tell me this is unusual, that this common interest agreement is not part of the regular course of business between the league and a team. And what Maloney contends is it essentially hamstrung the league from being able to release upwards of more than 40,000 documents related to the internal investigation that was conducted by Beth Wilkinson that was supposed to, and the NFL and the team said, was going to look into the allegations of the employees who had come forward about sexual harassment in the toxic workplace culture. But what Maloney says is while the NFL claimed that that was what this was going to do, behind the scenes, Wilkinson couldn't do her job. She wasn't allowed to interview very critical witnesses uh, because they were not released from their non-disclosure agreements. In fact, that Snyder, through his lawyers, uh, actually worked to prevent Wilkinson through court proceedings from interviewing these women. So it wasn't just NDAs, it was also court proceedings. And that by doing this, there was no way that the public was ever going to find out what Wilkinson found in her investigation. And, and, and so for Maloney, that is really a key takeaway, that the NFL couldn't 
release information because Snyder, through this common interest agreement, essentially had veto power over everything that the NFL releases about this. There was also the talk, and she even said that she's seen, she told you she's seen nothing like this during her time there. Um, Which is a statement, John, because she has been she has been on Capitol Hill as a congresswoman for three decades. She has been doing this a long time. She is one of the most powerful people on Capitol Hill. She was the first woman to ever take over the oversight committee. So for her to say she's never seen anything like this, that's that's not something to stick your nose up in the air about. That's that's a pretty serious statement coming from Capitol Hill. The other part is the intimidation aspect. Now, I know there was the lawsuit with that MEA, WW in India, that that's what Dan Snyder says he was doing, collecting information on people. Clearly, there's a disagreement about that aspect of it, if you can go into that. Right. So Snyder and and his attorneys have contended from the very beginning that they compiled what the committee calls a 100-page dossier, that it was a PowerPoint presentation that had, and, and the committee released some of the images from this PowerPoint presentation that had photographs of people who had come forward in the Washington Post series that started all of this in 2020, along with photographs of reporters at the Washington Post and others. And it was full of details that the committee contends were collected by private investigators um, because Snyder wanted to create a list, an enemies list, so to speak, of who who was talking to the media. Snyder's camp has always contended, no, 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 this was only about this defamation lawsuit that we filed in India, and this is unrelated. The committee has spends pages trying to punch holes in that defense and it has has said for some time now and it came out initially in their June report that that India lawsuit isn't about defamation. It was about trying to figure out who spoke to The Washington Post, including trying to get information on Bruce Allen and John to the the the, the report that came out today is Thursday is really revealing because it has so much of what Bruce Allen testified to in his deposition, because Snyder has been trying to blame Allen for the workplace culture since the very beginning. And this was the first time we've heard back about what Allen had to say. And one of the interesting things that was in the story, but when when you're going over the report, that was it was his exchange with some of the private investigators and just his experience with that, which, of course, then. Dan Snyder, and I think it was the, the report said more than 100 times, said, I can't recall or I don't know. And that was one of the things he said he didn't know if there was if they had a, if they had um, assigned or, or hired PIs to follow people. But Allen's exchange was was key in there. Allen's exchange is, is probably the most intriguing antidote. You know, different people have testified throughout the investigation that they had different reactions to the private investigators. There, there was a former cheerleader who said she was frightened. She had children in her home and there was a strange man of which we were able to finally see video of knocking on her neighbor's door, trying to collect information of her. Allen had a slightly different perspective on it. In his testimony, he says that his wife became uncomfortable that there was a car that had been sitting outside of their house the night before. She spots it again early in the morning. They live in a place where that's unusual. You wouldn't, the car shouldn't normally be there. And so Alan makes a cup of coffee, walks out with his coffee and says, uh, what are you doing here? And they, long story short, say, well, we're here to watch you. 
Um, and that's one thing that it's one thing that private investigators were following Bruce Allen. We knew about that. Uh, the other thing that Bruce Allen says about private investigators is he recalls in his testimony that during the height of the kneeling uh, controversy over the um, national anthem, Snyder was actively trying to get rid of NFL commissioner Roger Goodell and says to Bruce Allen, um, I want to get private, I'm paraphrasing, I want to get private investigators to follow the NFL commissioner. Um, for us, that was important because, as you know, we reported in October for the first time that Snyder has been bragging to associates that he's been collecting dirt on owners and Goodell. And here was one of Snyder's closest associates testifying under oath in a congressional deposition that Snyder had told him something to that effect. And along those lines, too, Alan said that he and Stephen Choi, their former CFO, that Snyder sent them up to New York to look over Goodell's contract. And that was around the same time, too, was it not? Well, I, I'm going to take your word for it, because this is the part where we disclose that you read almost 300 pages of the deposition while I was trying to process the report. Right. And I, and I you read know every, more about that. Right. This is I how teamwork it. works, right? right. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, the Bruce Allen testimony is is very interesting, especially for those of us who've been trying to understand what the heck was going on behind closed doors. And then the other part is the Republicans then release a memorandum with, I guess, basically rebutting a lot of this or saying that, again, they've maintained from the beginning that it was all a sham, that it was one sided. What else did you see from there, what they released today, shortly before noon? So I, I'm still trying to figure all this out. So this is still a work in progress, but we have that we've begun to publish on it. So here's what I've got right now that I can that I can share. As we always do, we reach out for comment. We reached out to comment to the for the to the team, and we reached out for comment to the NFL. Um, the 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 team responded and has given us its statement since, but initially the team forwarded a what's called a memorandum that came from um, the Republicans. And we received a copy of it from the Republicans on the Oversight Committee as well. So we have it from two sources. And both versions contain about 20 some pages of why the Republicans have always believed that this was not an investigation worthy of the Oversight Committee. And they give all the reasoning and they give all of their side of the story, so to speak. But at the very end of it, there's an attachment of exhibits that the memo says was 57 emails that were sent and received from Bruce Allen's email account when he was with the team. We've previously reported that the team called about 300,000 emails from Bruce Allen's computer after he left. And within these 50 some uh, emails that are that are presented as exhibits and have essentially been publicly released now to the media uh, are more than two dozen images of naked women. And I'm currently trying to uh, figure that out. And I, my understanding as of right this moment is that it may include some of images of some of the women um, who are part of the 40 employees that have been represented by uh, Katz and Bank, the attorneys who've been speaking out on behalf of the women who, who have been at the center of this from the very beginning. 
Uh, so I've never run into that before where Congress is releasing images of naked women. That That is, that's new. It is um, new. And I'm trying to wrap my head around it, John. And, and I would but imagine it, that too, if, if for any of the women who are involved in this to see that again, it's just, it's going to bring up feelings that they just want to put behind them. Well, I've asked for statements, right? Like I'm not, I, what I'm not going to do is assume. I never assume right. what anyone is thinking. And so I have reached out uh, to some of the women that um, have been at the heart of all of this, I've reached out to Banks and Katz uh, to see, and and I'm and when I when I know what they have to say, believe me, John, you're going to know too. Right, and and, and there's a lot more to go on there. What do you think the impact of this report will is and will be? So, I think this is a chapter that is ending in a much bigger story. So while the congressional investigation is concluding, because the Republicans, as you have reported and I have reported, um, have indicated that they are not going to pursue this investigation anymore. Uh, Representative James Comer from Kentucky, a Republican, is taking over control of the Oversight Committee in January. So for Congress, this is it. It's done. Um, there is possible legislation that could be rolled out, but it would be dependent on lawmakers who are going to continue to be in Congress in January, uh, sponsoring that legislation because the legislation so far that's been sponsored dealing with NDAs and stadium financing, those lawmakers are leaving office at the end of this month. So Congress is done for the most part, but 14 months of the congressional investigation has spurred so many other government investigations I mean, just quickly off the top of off my head, the D.C. attorney general has its civil lawsuit right now based on many of the allegations that are that are repeated in the congressional investigation. The uh, Virginia attorney general is doing an investigation into the allegations of financial improprieties that came out during the congressional investigation. The U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Virginia is pursuing a criminal inquiry based on reporting, based on two sources that we first reported a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then the team itself, I'm sorry, the league itself is doing the Mary Jo White investigation, which was announced the day of the February roundtable where women came forward, including Tiffany Johnston, who said Snyder had put his hand on her thigh. So that Mary Jo White investigation is, it'll be interesting to see if that is the NFL's, uh, let's try this again. Right. You know, we were hamstrung with Wilkinson. So let's see, let's see what happens with Mary Jo White. Will it be more of the same or will, will we, Will this be a different version of event? You know, it, it, there's a lot more to know. We can't predict. It'll be right. really there's interesting to, to see what happens. So there's, this is not done. You and I have lots more reporting. We do, and I think the other thing too is the you know the, in the Republicans' the memorandum they included testimony from Brian LaFamina, who was an executive here a few years ago, was fired, and then also Bruce Allen, both of whom denied any knowledge of it. They walked through some of the auditing process. And that term juice that I think Jason Friedman, I think, brought up as far as like how they classified the extra money, they said they weren't familiar with that term. Just to, just to be clear on that one. But so there's more to go on that one as well. That Jason Friedman uh, 
testimony is really, I think, the the generator behind a lot of the other government investigations that are now beginning to churn, not least of which the criminal inquiry happening with the U.S. Attorney's Office. And I think just a couple of other things, too, within within Dan Snyder's t- his deposition, it's pretty clear that he was looking forward with this organization. And he because he mentioned a few times about being excited for it, you know, excited for the future. They that vestry light, you know, um, report about how it is now was a big deal. And then a couple months later, now the team's up for sale. So that was just I I kind of was struck by the enthusiasm for the future. And then a couple months later, I, up for I've, sale. I've been struck from the very beginning at how quickly things change with this team and with what Snyder has said. And, you know, folks always say, well, Snyder said, I never, I never, if we, you know, if, if anyone ever does a 30 for 30 on this, I would suggest the title never say never because (laughs) he said, I would never change the name of the team. Well, financial, as we know, financial uh, pressure brought on the, change of the team's name. And he said, well, I'll never sell the team. And we are in a moment right now. Does never mean never. Um, And I think what is important for folks to understand, because I always ask this question whenever I'm talking to any of these folks that are part of the government investigations, is if he sells the team, does that, is that the end of it? And at least for the DC attorney general, it is not that these are events that took place under Snyder's watch and that this is a lawsuit that's been filed against Snyder and the league. So whether Snyder sells the team or not, that case, for instance, would continue if, a, you know, if it doesn't get dismissed or if, you know, folks continue to pursue it. Tisha, anything else we need to know about this at this point? There's so much uh, there. There's so much there. It is a super dense read. Um, and, you know, I'm always of the opinion, read the thing. If you really, really want to know, read the thing. We have put the entirety of the 79 page report on um, our website. If you if you look up the story that we published today, Thursday, uh, about the final report, you can read the report yourself and you can draw your own conclusions. And that's what I always encourage everyone to do. I, you know, you and I try really hard to synthesize it and make it understandable and put it in context. But if you really care about this team, you should read this report. Tisha, thank you very much. Great job. And always, people gotta know, this is one of my favorite reporters to ever talk to. So- Can I give a shout out to you, John? (laughs) I will tell anyone and everyone that you are a jewel of a human being and you have one of the toughest jobs in sports. (laughs) You do it with such class and I am so proud to be your colleague. So I can't, I'm just, thank you for having me on the podcast. It's awesome. Thank you very much. Great job. And and You got a lot of other responsibilities today, so get to it. I'll be on the phone with you real soon, probably. (laughs) Very good. Thank you, Tisha. All right. Talk to you. Thanks to Tisha for joining me, and thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back, I don't know if it's Friday or Monday morning, with another show. This time, it will be back to football. Again, Derek Forrest, Sam Howell. Tune in. There you go. Thank you for joining me, and I'll talk to you next time.